The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Home delivery available in Regina at sassbeardelivery.ca. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's only balloon podcast. (laughs) And not in that weird way, because I know that's a fetish that's out there. Yeah, I mean, you can find a fetish for anything if you really want to. It's true, but I've seen I've seen videos on the balloon one, not like those. You've kind seen of videos, videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, the, not those. Whatever kind. floats your boat. Hey, man, it's just I, I've <laughs> seen it, I've heard of it. I think there was a Vice documentary on it. It's not like I'm going to you know the 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 two toned logo site and dialing up balloons. No, I guess not. <laughs> As usual, Joel Gasson with John, the returning John Fraser. Yes. As uh, last week, you were all, you know, family and whatever. Well, in fairness, um, it was it was a long road trip combined with a pretty good three or four day hangover. Right. So uh, on the way down there. Now, imagine this, Joel, Mm because this is hell for some people. Uh, a fully loaded Totus Siena with like all like like portable coolers and food and suitcases and everything and three children under the age of six. Uh, on the way down there, it was fine. The stops lined up. Everything was good. On the way back, working on a four-day hangover and an ungodly amount of caffeine, it was uh, it was not so good. Uh, Maya needed to stop out of rotation when the rest of the stops needed to happen, and it was just a very, very long day. So I was very glad in advance that I had said, you should call in the more handsome and talented Dan Plaster because I would have just been... Like, you probably would have heard me just reflex, like, using my reflexes and turn around and scream at my kids to shut the F up and know we're not there yet. Fair, I guess. I mean, and I mean, there was the chance that maybe I just wasn't going to let you back on the show because the numbers were way up last week. But that (laughs) could be in part because the Riders shit the bed again and lost again to Calgary and the sky appears to be falling. So, oh, remember the old on the the old Tim and Sid show Mm -hmm. when they'd have the panic button? And they'd hit it. I think that's what this episode is. But but before I diverted this episode about balloon fetish stuff, I want you mm-hmm. to explain the balloon podcast because yes. this shit is fire. Yes. So uh, this came across my Twitter feed. I don't remember who originally tweeted it into it. Um, but apparently the balloon World Cup was last week. Um, and not not like, you know, hot air balloon or, you know, blowing balloons or balloon animals or anything like that. No, like literally the game that we all thought was just kind of like a thing kids did for fun. And I guess some adults is apparently like an actual real competition where you try to bounce the balloon around without it hitting the ground. (laughs) So there's an actual real world cup for this. Yeah. It looks like Germany and Peru were in, I believe this was the final that I saw on Twitter. It was amazing, and 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 to put it into context, it's in like a glass like hell in the cell setup. Yes. So you can see through it, but they don't have like the thing I love most about this is they they didn't do like competitive tag where it's all like cyberpunk and cool and stuff. Mm-hmm. They literally threw down some couches. There's a table in there. There's a giant like mento stuffy in there, and the only thing that would you wouldn't find in your average living room. 
is there's a small car in there, a Volkswagen. I mean, of I course, it's, 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 yeah, it's a Volkswagen. But of, I mean, of course, it's sports in Europe. There has to be a car somewhere, right? Right. And that's the only thing, the only thing they should have done differently is it should have been a Skoda or a Vauxhall, one yeah. of the two. Like, because I but, mean, like you, this must be like a weird Canadian thing. But that would because of the World Hockey Championships and World Junior Hockey Championships and all that sort of stuff for the years that we are aware of these European hockey brand, uh, European car brands that probably the rest of the world has no fucking clue exist. Well, 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 the the best part was remember the one time they had the Worlds? It was in Quebec City a few years ago. Yeah. And and Center Ice was a Skoda logo and they had a Skoda in the corner. I'm thinking they would have like the cost of shipping. A Skoda across the ocean to sit in the stands like you couldn't just fake it. You couldn't just throw some badges on something. No, they 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 went full send on that. So uh, it, this is one of those things, and I will give you full credit for saying it. Mm-hmm. This is what should be on DAZN when it's not NFL season. Yes. Even like, when it is NFL season, just have it right, there all the time. Right. Because I feel like... We we as a society need to embrace more random sports watching, such as when mm. you and I watch the Youth Olympics and that curling uh, that curling broadcaster. Best thing ever, right? I, could mm. you imagine same situation, few beers deep, sitting on the couch, flipping through the zone, seeing things like handball or the World Balloon Championships? Like I would I would actually pay. After the NFL season is over for the zone for the full year, if I could randomly stumble into sports like that. Yeah, and, like, to be clear, like, this is not a joke to the people competing in this. Like, these, if you watch the video, it's it's about a minute long. And the, uh, you know, sort of the the hits they take, well, not the hits they take, but, you know, the hits on the balloon and the plays they make on this balloon are pretty crazy. And the car tends to eventually become sort of the focal point of every sort of set. I don't know exactly what they're called. It feels like it's probably (laughs) a set. It feels like like tennis terminology seems fitting here. I don't know. Regardless, I've also just noticed, too, because I have it up on my screen now and it's paused. Um, I missed, in the bottom corner, initially the giant uh, roll of Mentos. This is there. <laughs> I told you. It's, it's just like a couch. Like, Well, the couch has a logo on it, too. So this is actually, like, an incredible TV sport in terms of, like, advertising opportunity. Because it looks like everything in this room is basically product placement. <laughs> It's See, better than it, curling for advertising on TV. It's literally just there, but it's a part of the game. Yeah, it's and, and, and you can jump on it. See, I'm still trying to... And, and you know what? They got to get better on their search engine optimization because I have now dug into the world mm-hmm. of World Hot Air Balloon Championship, which seems way more boring than this exciting game. I mean, well, it's, it's I, the same I, thing. I, Netflix did, did it with Floor is Lava, but they made it so over the top and dramatic and painful mm-hmm. and edited. Well, it's, it's like... That, it's like Holy Moly. Have you ever watched Holy Moly? I haven't watched Holy Moly. So I, 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 I had heard decent things about it, and then I read a speech by, piece by Spencer Hall back when they were still of Banner Society. They used to send yeah. out this email every week about the the top whatever. They still do it on their paid subscription thing. I'm just not in on that yet. Um, and he had a little bit on Holy Moly, and then he actually talked because Joe Tessitore is one of the is like the play by play guy for it with Rob Riggle. Yep. And they steal the whole show. Like it is just he is perfect for it because the guy is the guy understands and can be funny and let's just say he didn't get a fair run on Monday Night Football because the NFL holds the cards so close on everything right but in college he's perfect and on holy moly he's perfect and it's just it's dumb mini golf to the extreme and it's just 
It's just a joy to watch. It's basically the same kind of thing. I love it. Did you know this was the first ever Balloon World Cup? Really? I did not. And Peru won. Peru beat the Germans, which the Volkswagen was probably very disappointed. Must have been. Must have been. Yeah, yeah. It's even. It even made the BBC. Wow. This is wow. Look at like they got a golden balloon trophy. Francesco de la Cruz is the first champion. Like that's a name that's on brand for this program. Francesco. Francesco. De la Cruz. De la, or I feel like it'd be more of a Francesco de la Cruz, like championship fighter. Maybe yeah. I'm jacked to the tits now. Anyway, we're we're very proud of you, Francisco. We always believed in you. We did, we did. Unless you could be replaced by Sergio, then we're all, all right. on team Clear, Sergio. Clearly, Sergio would be very good at balloon. There's there's no question about it because the man's good at everything he does. He's got kids. He's charming, motivational speaker. He could. I feel like Sergio could a he could kick it farther and higher than anybody, and then do something with it. Like I just feel like he'd like motivational speak you, so you'd like give up to Sergio because Sergio's the man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could say the balloon has kind of hit the ground for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders recently. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I could hear the gears <laughs> turning in your head, and I knew solid gold was coming. Yes, the balloon has hit the ground. Shit has hit the fan. It is time to hit the giant red panic button. I was actually we're gonna a get into that. Disappoint- yes, we are going to get into that. We're kind of going to do like a. A state of the team, I guess you could say right now, with about five games left in the regular season and all that, and of course, potential playoffs, and then kind of look ahead to, you know, kind of where this team needs to go in terms of everything, and then yeah. uh, that'll lead us into sort of the other big news, and I guess the big news in the CFL right now, because after sort of another whatever weekend, um, Trevor Harris was put on the trading block, and surprisingly... Not even just because of for a variety of reasons, but because it's hard to trade in the CFL, especially when teams know you want to trade someone, uh, was actually traded. Yeah, that never happens. Usually no. people just have to wait till till they let him go, they release him, which I kind of thought was the end game on this. Mm. That you know, they obviously wanted to hit their eighty five percent vaccination threshold and they just let Trevor Harris go. But I you're right, it was a shocker. I don't I, I don't know if him and the team parting ways was such a shocker as soon no. as they sat him down for that game. But, like, to say it was football-related reasons, like, that's bullshit. Like, that is so bullshit, it is comical. Yeah. If you want, you want a great rundown on Brock Sutherland's entire availability after the trade, uh, head down to 3downnation.com right now, uh, J.C. Abbott. Wrote up a great little piece on it, including lots of quotes from uh, Brock Sutherland, and basically shoots down most of what he had to say. So. Right, because it was it was it was all just such forced, contrived BS. Now, the rumors are out there, and you can kind of see them bubbling below the surface on Twitter. That nobody's got a firm enough source to come out and say it, but it it seems like it was dressing room problems. It seems like, and I've made lots of jokes about Trevor Harris not being vaccinated because, I mean, from what we know, he's not, and he's hinted as much with his posts and his Instagram and stuff like that. So, I, and 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 but we don't know for sure. Like to be no, clear. we don't know for sure. That's that's the thing. Like I'm making these jokes, and I want to be clear that I don't know. I mean, I'm not a dunk bomb here. I'm not an insider by any stretch of the imagination, nor do I pretend to play one on TV, but. Um, I did find it interesting 
watching Edmonton play the Blue Bombers. Like, a, a total meaningless game for the Elks. And really a meaningful game for the Blue Bombers, a chance to clinch a playoff spot. And with him on the sidelines, that whole team played more inspired football than I think I've seen out of them the entire year. Uh-huh. If they don't start an XFL quarterback, I think they probably beat Winnipeg there. So it's just, I always find it curious when you hear these rumors about a guy being, you know, a bad teammate, bad in the room, so on and so forth. And and the other thing I found interesting too was, was how hard the home broadcasters were pushing that. No, nah, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Totally great guy. Like Ryan Rashog and the broadcast to a degree. Some of the tweets you saw from the Edmonton media folk talking about, oh, he stayed late. He helped He helped Cornelius get ready for the start. Like, it just seemed like they were really trying to correct the narrative, um, which all led me to the surprise that he was traded and, and they got something for him. Yeah, so I don't know much there is left to say on that, but we will get back to it again, I guess. Uh, but as usual, before we get into all of that, for the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, uh, John, what is in the glass this week? In the glass, I was hoping to make it on my way home from work to try some uh, face melt. Is that it from Pile of Bones? Yes, is that the face melter. Yes. The face melter. Uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't. Uh, I was going to ask you if you had tried it. I figured mm-hmm. you had. Uh, thankfully, I did have some cold Space Cadet sitting in my fridge for tonight. So uh, going with a sponsor beer tonight, the Space Cadet IPA, uh, a nice fall beer here as I, I, I tend to find myself, although I love the white IPA, I find myself moving to um, less fruity, less hoppy, blasty kind of beers. Uh, Space Cadet is a perfect fall IPA, although I really want to try Face Melter and hopefully I have time to make it to the liquor store tomorrow on my way home from work. Yeah, uh, face melter definitely not um, an entry level sour, but I know you're you're sort of above that level. Like it's not one of those lightly soured, fruity ones. It's it's very tart, especially at first. But ooh, fantastic! Yes, that does that does sound like right up my uh, mm-hmm. right up my sleeve. Yeah, it's the kind of sour I really like too. Now I'm kind of over the whole fruited sour thing, but right. uh, yeah, very good, very delicious uh, for me. I've also uh, kind of gone a little darker as it tis the season, I guess you could say. Uh, for me, sort of one of the original dark beers of the province, probably one of the original beers that really got me into really getting into craft beer locally, especially that would be uh, the Nokomis Brown Ale. Mm-hmm. Uh, dark, roasty, toasty. Uh, some would argue more of a porter or a stout than a brown ale, but uh, delicious nonetheless, no matter what you want to call it. Yeah, can't, can't go wrong. Although it doesn't sound as much up my alley, mm-hmm. but uh, if that's your kind of jam, yeah, my kind of jam this, this time of year is going to be... Uh, the Red Ale Space Cadet, although I am very much going to try to have my face melted off. That's that's always a good thing to do as well, I guess. Yeah, got to mix it up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Riders. Um, <laughs> we're coming off a bye. Bo- yeah, we're coming off a bye week, John. Obviously, uh, I don't know if you actually ended up watching any of that game last week. I guess it doesn't really matter at this point. Solid, solid chunk actually. I did. Yeah. Uh, I I did manage to catch chunks of the game and i remember texting you about it but then i also got pretty drunk for the rest of the weekend you know sister's wedding and all yeah because so like if you listen to the episode last week with dan plaster sort of the the felt like go back a couple weeks first with the first game against calgary the way that game went i felt optimistic after it i was like okay they were the better team for 45 50 minutes than calgary it just didn't quite work out yeah this time against Calgary, they were not the better team for no. most of the game. Maybe on no. par at times, but for the most part, they were not the better team. And 
I, I know you're ready to hit the panic button. I don't know if I'm quite ready to be there in terms of like straight up hitting the panic button, but it's definitely within reach and it's definitely tempting and sort of for me, and I know there's a lot of question marks about this team. You know, we, everyone's written a ton about it. You know, the offensive line is bad and we obviously we can talk about that. The offensive line's bad. The play calling's been uninspired, but ultimately football is a quarterback driven sport. Yes. And this isn't a conversation that has been had greatly in this province a whole lot yet. As far as I can tell, granted, I work all day, so I don't get it really a chance to listen to like the local sports talk radio much anymore. So maybe it's gone on there. So to Derek Taylor I, and Jamie Nye, sorry if this conversation has gone on your show and I missed it. I don't, I don't think it has. I catch okay. bits and pieces and especially the social, <laughs> social media feel, but I don't think this, they've had this conversation in depth yet. Okay. Um, because we all, let's be clear, as a human being, as a person, we all love Cody Fajardo. Love the guy to death. Yes, he might I, be one of the most likable athletes this province has seen in a very long time. Yeah, and, you know, I was one of the guys that was early on the train. You know, if you remember before in the 2019 season, John was not afraid to keep bringing up the fact that I called he's going to be a starter, even though I said I think he would play a significant role on that team at some point, <laughs> given how he played in preseason. Um, right. That said... You know, for as good as his 2019 was, it was good within context of what that season was for quarterbacks across the CFL. And I think we've both been fairly clear in our thoughts about that, saying in a normal year where every quarterback plays at least 15 games, he probably finishes maybe third at best in passing yards. Right. So he's he's he was never a guy that was going to light up the league. He was never going to throw for 5,000 yards, though I'm starting to wonder if anyone in the CFL will ever do that ever again. Um, But that's another... That's dis- fair. That's a different discussion for a different day one we've kind of already had actually but so the expectations for him coming to the season were high and certainly after it you know a year off didn't help him to be fair yeah but i think it's fair to say at this point that cody Fajardo has not met those expectations uh, and I, I, I and, agree, yeah. and my expectations were maybe a little lower than some not like that i expect him to bottom out and be terrible or anything but i thought okay he is what he is. He's not a guy that's going to light the world on fire, but he's going to bring passion. He's going to be, you know, he's going to lay it out there on the line every game, and he's going to do everything he can to help them win football games, and he is still one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And a lot yeah. of that is still true, but there's a certain level of play that hasn't quite been there. And in fairness, it's basically been there for, hasn't been there all year for basically every quarterback in this league not named Zach Caleros either. That's, that's, you are not wrong there. Every, everybody has struggled with the full year off. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's too why we've kind of given, given Cody a bit of a pass. And yeah. he's genuinely not one of those guys you want to step up and criticize because no. he's just so damn likable. And, but, and, and to be clear, he's not the only, you know, he's far down the list of the issues this team is facing. But it's still an important conversation to have, I think, because no matter where this goes for this franchise going forward, every team is only as good as their quarterback. And we've seen that here in this, in this, with this team before in the Chris Jones era, where they didn't really have a quarterback and as elite and as insane as that defense was, they basically got nothing for it because they didn't really have a quarterback right now. And I'm not, I'm not placing the blame solely on Cody. Um, I mean, I, I do think he's not, he doesn't look like the same guy we saw in 2019 for, you know, a variety of reasons. He got, he got banged around early. I wouldn't be surprised with the kind of guy he is if he, when he was running a lot early on and getting hit and getting hit hard, 
if he didn't nick something up a little bit there, and maybe that's been part of the problem. I think the other biggest problem has been the offensive line. If you're not really paying attention, if you're just kind of watching the game, you know, they're not giving up a pile of sacks. This doesn't look like BC last year with their comically bad line, but they're not doing enough. You can tell almost every single one of Cody's balls is rushed, um, especially with him not really running the way he was to start the season. Teams are starting to pin their ears back and go after him a little. Mm-hmm. Um He's getting, he might not be getting hit, but I think that's more based on the CFL rules than anything that he's just, he's not getting that extra half second, that extra second he needs to maybe go through one more read, maybe go through one more progression, maybe step into throws a little bit more. Now, you know, the line is going to be bad. They seem to be getting worse as the year goes on. Uh, And maybe Cody's got to adapt. Maybe Jason Moss has to adapt. Maybe that's part of the reason you see so many damn hitch screens, but I just, he's going to be the focal point for the casual observer as to mm-hmm. why the team is struggling because he is not playing as well as he was before. And I don't think it's entirely his fault, but no. he does have to bear some of the responsibility. Yeah, there's there's no question about that. And you, you can't change the past at this point. Um, but there, this is a really key stretch for the team, not only for the team, but for him as well now. Yes. Because... And I, 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 you know, maybe nothing comes of it. Maybe he plays well and everything's fine, honky-dory, whatever. But I would argue that this is a very important five-game stretch the rest of this regular season for Cody Fajardo. The team and, is and, the team is yes. in a rough spot right now. It's, you know, kind of at the low point of the season. But in the CFL, until you're officially eliminated, you're never really out of it because it's all about getting hot at the right time. So right. if they're able to turn the corner and win football games, they still control their own destiny, they'll be okay. And that starts with your leaders, and that starts with, you know, your top players making sure you get out of the funk and get it going. And this is the point of the year where I think your top player, your top paid player, has to drag you out of this. And Mm -hmm. then football, that's always the quarterback because it is, you know, the most important position on the field. And those guys get paid top dollar for a reason. And that's not to say that they are in the spot because of Cody Fajardo, but... Ultimately, quarterbacks can help you get out of bad situations, and that's what they need out of him. And so if over the next five games, Cody's able to take his play up to another level again and lead them to at least hold on to second place, whether they win a great cup, I you know, it's inconsequential, really, the playoffs are a coin toss, blah, 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 blah. But if they go down swinging and they play their best football down the stretch, then it's like, okay, he figured it out. He took the blow from the league and yeah. bounced back from, you know, them adjusting to him. Then he adjusted back. So now we're at that phase right now where it's like, okay, you know, Cody's kind of at that fork in the road. Look how we're kind of see before his injury, Vernon Adams Jr. was kind of in the same spot. Where's it going to go? Is he going to readjust and take his game to another level or does he plateau or worse? Now, see, this is why I want to hit the panic button because I don't know if I tweeted it or I texted it. to. No, I tweeted it because I jokingly said, I, and I hope this is a phrase or curse. I hope for our, our listeners that love this team, and I hope for, you know, Cody and, and some really likable pieces of that team that, that I'm phrase or cursing them. I see this team going one and four. I, I just, I, I, and I don't think that, I think Cody is what Cody is going to be because of the pieces around him. 
I, I think that offensive line is nowhere near good enough. I don't know if Jason Moss has the ability to maybe work in some more bootlegs, some, some kind of rollout stuff, a little bit more play action, things to buy Cody more time. He has seemed reluctant to do that, and that leads me back to the fact that maybe Cody's hiding some sort of injury from all those hits he took, right? Um, he doesn't look right. Uh, he's not... You know, the Moss game plan early on is completely different than what it is now. Like now it's looking very George Cortez-esque with all sorts of underneath stuff back in the Tino Sinceri days. And I legitimately think, you know, I was praising Edmonton a, a little bit ago and I, I think they lose in Calgary. I, I do. I think this is 0-3 against Calgary, which now would vault Calgary into second place. Calgary's got the free bingo space in Ottawa the week after that. Well, Saskatchewan now has to play a Montreal team that's in it. They play the Elks, who, as I went on earlier before, are looking inspired. I think they split with the Elks, and I don't know if they beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats because I think that last week, while Calgary's probably playing a Winnipeg team that's basically the Bombers' practice roster, you know, Saskatchewan's got to play a Hamilton team that, to me, is going to be fighting for a home playoff game themselves, right? So I, I think it's going to get bad, and the only thing that might save them is the stretch that BC is coming up against here. BC goes, where do they go this week? They go at Winnipeg, at Toronto, at Hamilton, home to Calgary, which would essentially be Calgary's chance to lock it up, and then home to BC in the last week of the season. So BC also has a tough schedule. Saskatchewan has a tough schedule. But I just see Calgary has come on here, mm. and the Riders are what we think they are. They are not a good offensive team. Looks as though the def you know Calgary made them bleed their own blood, and now teams know how to beat them. So I hope this is a Fraser curse moment, but I really see a one and four stretch coming up here. I only got them winning one at home against the Elks. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm willing to go that far just yet, but I mean, I we've reached the point where it's definitely not out of the realm of the possibility. I right. don't, th I don't think, you know, to use a Scott Moe phrase, everything's on the table. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, it's really hard to say at this point because I, I think this thing really can go either way right now. Yeah. And what is going to come of this will be very important for this franchise, I think, going forward. I think to a degree, this is sort of one of those year weird years where maybe you throw some things out because it's a bit of a strange year and you're just kind of getting back into it and the whole thing. Right. But at the same time, you can't also, you know, fully take it that way. You do have to prepare for that perhaps this is what the team is completely and adjust accordingly next year now in spite all of this despite everything we said you know i i don't think it's an at a point in a scenario where you say okay say hypothetically they do go one and four down the stretch like you're saying john yeah and cody doesn't play as well as he could you know i don't think either of us are saying you release him and don't bring him to no. camp next year oh god no no um but i think it does it does lead to questions about what you do with him long term and what sort of the idea is behind him because it's okay. Is Isaac Harker really the real deal or do, do they need to come in and maybe bring someone in or have someone better, maybe ready internally. And maybe that's Paxton Lynch. Maybe that's whoever, I don't know that really pushes him because you need to be ready in case what we've seen from Cody Fajardo was the plateau and to see if maybe there's something a little better. Available. Right. And I think it go it goes back again to 
a the weirdness of this football season mm-hmm. and and b to a degree and we've hammered on him a lot i think it's the offensive line like yeah. like you got to think like outside of dan clark they're essentially using option b if not c at every single position on the o line right now so that's I'm, that's entirely and, fair but you know i think we both know like these sort of elite levels of quarterbacking are able to overcome that to a degree. You're not going to go on and win, you know, 100 games and be, you know, not going to win every game and be, you know, champions like that. Right. But you still see more out of quarterbacks who are running for their lives every day who are, like, really good still. You still get more out of them. But but that's the difference between $500,000 for Cody Fajardo and a million dollars for Michael Riley, Bo Levi Mitchell right now, right? Like, that's the way I see it. You could put Bo Levi Mitchell behind this O-line, that the riders have you could put michael riley behind this o-line that the riders have and spend that extra half million dollars and you would get that kind of performance cody's the guy that needs the team and and, and i'll say the same thing about zach caleros yeah i'll say the exact same thing about zach caleros as as a bomber fan i like zach caleros i like what he's brought for that team but zach caleros i think if you put Cody Fajardo in Winnipeg and Zach Caleros in Saskatchewan, I think both teams are having the exact same season they are right now. That's probably a fair assessment. Well, I mean, that offensive line is still probably the best in the league, so. Well, and and, and that's it. Like, I I think to me, like, the Riders have made their choice to not get one of those hyper-elite guys that can, can be that guy no matter what. The Riders are going to play ball this season, next season, maybe into the future with the Cody Fajardo, Zach Caleros is Matt Nichols of the world. Right. And to do that, you know, if you're, if that's what you're going to be, if that's what you've accepted to be, you have to give those guys the help. And Cody hasn't had that. I would still like to see them maybe bring in. If you can, if you can afford to fix the O line, because let's face it, this, this season, the riders want to do well. They want to win every single season. Next season is the year they're building for. It's 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 almost a little bit like junior hockey that, okay, we want to be good this season. We want to be great next season when, you know, they have the Grey Cup at home. The Riders want to be in that game. We want them in that game. Everybody in the province wants them in that game. It's just It just makes it such a buzz, right? So if that's the direction they're going to go, you know, they're going to spend over the cap. We know that. Uh, I'd like to see them maybe bring in some veteran help for for Cody long term. That O line has got to be fixed. Like, mm-hmm. to, if you got to release a receiver or two here, leave. You got to say goodbye to a couple receivers. I hate to say it, but that O line has got to be fixed because to me, that is where all of this team's problems come from offensively. The defense is fine, but it's just teams have their number and they're bringing heat and they're bringing a lot of it and they can't adjust and it's screwing everything up because same thing you can't get William Powell running the ball because guys are in his face within two seconds yeah I mean despite everything we've said and we've talked about the offensive line has remained the issue and it continues to be an issue I guess the you know sort of the silver lining from it is generally speaking they've gone with sort of the younger and at least they've gone Canadian on the offensive line. So yeah, if, if there's, if you're going to suck at a spot, suck at it with Canadians at least. So there's something to it. Maybe you're building something and some room to grow. Yeah. There's room to grow. And we think a guy like Logan Furland's still going to grow into his spot. And you know, I, I next year will adapt eventually. He might be what he is. I don't know what's the point about him, you think but so? he wasn't good in BC either, man. It's been, it's been like That's two years so- since he's back from the NFL. That's no, you're, 
You're not wrong there. I just, th- I, I just think he's, he's such a, he's again. I, I'm skewed by my honest evaluation of him because he is such a well liked and respected guy, especially mm-hmm. in this city, like especially in football communities. Everybody loves the guy for all he's done to give back and and what he was when he played, right? So um, he's another guy that my perception of might be screwed. I maybe it's just me saying, much like Cody, I hope he's better than what he's shown this year. But I don't know. It's it's hard to separate heart and brain sometimes, especially when you've had like eight concussions like me. Yeah, and so I think you know number one, the hope is that Brendan Labat does decide to return to football next year. That would oh, make yeah. a big difference. Yeah. And you maybe you get lucky and a Dakota Shepley is cut from the NFL again and comes back. Right, right. That, that's, 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 and... that's the easiest way out of this. Whether that happens or not will be yet to be seen. Because I talked about this with Blaster last week was, you know, when a team is struggling, you know, the receivers haven't been great, so they added Duke Williams. You know, right. if your defensive, you know, your defensive line is struggling, you go out there and you get a D tackle. You get this or that. Through the course of a year when your offensive line is struggling, is damn near impossible to bring in someone and improve the it line really overnight. Is. It just doesn't happen that way. So once you've picked your line, you pretty much have to go with it. And so this is why they're stuck with who they have at this point. Well, and the thing is, too, is there's two names you just mentioned that I think they expected to have this year. Well, at least one of them. I don't know if they expected Shepley. Like, I honestly thought he was going to make the Niners after he played for most of... played for, Like, literally played on the roster. He wasn't just on the PR for part of the year. Like, he actually played meaningful NFL right. games for them. So I thought, okay, he's probably going to be on the Niners again this year. Then he got cut. And I was like, huh? And then he right. signed with Seattle, right. and he's been with them ever since. So. Right, right. But, like, leaving, you know, and again, with the bizarro lost season that, that was in the CFL, I think, you know, coming into the next rider season, if everything had been normal, you were fully expecting, you know, the heart of that offensive line to be Labatt, Clark, Shepley, and then you're working in, you know, a Logan Furland or something like that. So, you know, getting one of those guys back would be huge, would help in the future. But for now, I, I, I it is time to panic. The sky is falling. Mash that bright red panic button. Um, it is not going to be fine, Saskatchewan. Everything's going to hell, and I really hope I just phrase or curse them because I don't know if I can beat up on them for five games. Hey, Jacques Cartier, show's over. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for three forty-nine dollars a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.